You've reached Vernon First Baptist Church, our podcast, as we are going through our sermon series, and we are in Advent right now, and this is the third week of Advent, and as we look at joy, so we will be taking a look specifically at Mary's joy. My name is Randy Ham. I'm one of the pastors here, and you'll get to hear me preach as we look at Mary's Magnificat, an incredible song that uh, we find in Luke 1. So feel free to turn there and enter into this story and we see why she has joy and how we can maybe have joy in the midst of whatever we're going through. And boy, we're going through a lot right now, aren't we? All right, blessings. Well, we've come to that part of our service where we turn to the Word of God and we are in Luke 1 once again. Now, I must apologize if I have come across it all as grumpy lately. Anyone noticed? I don't... Let's not be too, too affirmative on that. But I have had a couple people come to me recently and say, Pastor, have I done anything to offend you? you um, I just I wonder if you're upset with me. And I was able to clarify, no, no, not at all. Both times, I'm not upset with you. Maybe just with life in general, I don't know. Maybe just lacking some of my usual joy. Anyone anyone feel that way? I see a few hands, yeah. Now, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, what what it is. Maybe it was the Canucks record during November or the Seattle Seahawks record. We could go on. But uh, I sure didn't have the joy that we see here in this San Diego. I don't know Someone if you saw this video online. San Diego has shut down. Literally, it has shut down. The freeway, the freeway right an armored God. truck had exploded <laughs> and there was cash <laughs> all over the highway. Literally everybody and, uh, so people were to get money obviously, off of the freeway. This is literally insane. This they is were pretty excited. And you see, yeah, you see some pure unbridled joy there, don't you? So, yeah, uh, yeah, sometimes it's tricky to have joy like that. Now, the Canucks, four wins so far here in December, which already matches their record in November. So maybe you're experiencing a little bit more joy there. Well, as we turn once again to Luke 1, today we're going to look at Mary. And once again, thank you so much, Sharon, for doing a great job of that monologue. And we're going to look at her song. It's called The Magnificat. And the joy that she feels at the coming of the first Christmas. Now, this is Advent, and we're in the third week. The third week, a time of waiting as we wait for Christmas, looking forward to Christmas, but also to the second coming of our Lord. Now, we have lit the candles of of hope and peace, and today we lit the candle of joy. And to explore this joy as we wait for Christmas, we're going to look at Mary's song and the joy that she expresses there. So let's pray together, and then we'll read the text. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you when we are lacking joy and sense your joy and enter into your joy. And so we ask for that today as we come to this text, reveal your word to us, illuminate 
to our hearts by your spirit what you have for us today. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so let's read together the text in Luke 1. So you can feel free to turn there in, your, in the Bible or in your app if you're at home. It will be up on our screen, but I invite you to turn there with me as we read from Luke 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow. This is the longest set of words spoken by a woman in the New Testament. And there's this palpable sense of joy in her song. So what gets Mary so joyful? Well, I'll tell you, it's not eggnog or Bing Crosby or lights or trees. Though, please hear me, there's nothing innately wrong with any of those things. I love the little joys of Christmas, don't you? Amen. But they point to something much bigger that we need to look at. And of course, the truth is that our consumerist culture of Christmas seeks to fill a gap. That lack of peace, which we looked at last week, the lack of joy. And all we need to do is look at Boxing Day and ask people then how they feel, and you'll sense the joy maybe doesn't last that long for some at Christmas. Now, I love giving gifts and getting gifts as much as anyone else. But is that what gave Mary her joy at that first Christmas? No way. So where does her joy come from? Let's take a look together. It starts off, verse 46. We see her saying, My soul glorifies the Lord. That's the same word as magnifies. That's where the Latin magnificat, when we hear Mary's magnificat or the magnificat, that's where that comes from magnifies. Same word as glorifies. Now, she's not trying to make God any bigger than God already is. We don't need to magnify God in that sense. But magnifying in, in her own mind and heart to get a little closer to how great God truly is. And that's what we do when we say we come to worship and we exalt and magnify God, trying to get back in proper perspective who God really is. So she says, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Magnifies, glorifies, and rejoices in God. <laughs> the word here, rejoices, that we use, you know, we sang it today a lot. I love it. It literally means, the Greek word literally means to jump or leap 
very much. Huh? When the Canucks finally win, woo, we can jump and leap very much. Right? This is joy. When we say, boy, we jumped for joy. And we see it. And so why? Why does she rejoice in God, her Savior? Well, she goes on to tell us. And in verse 48, in verse 48, we see this. Uh, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Her joy, her joy is because God has her in mind. Mindful. Now, this is a great Greek word. I love it. Epiblepo. You can say that one with me. Epiblepo. Yeah, it means to, to be mindful, to look and actually to fix your eyes upon, to look with focused attention, to give special regard to. You know what that's like, don't you? If you've loved someone, you've looked with that special attention. The NIV says, for he has been mindful. The New Living Translation, any fans of that? For he took notice. The ESV says, for he has looked on the, looked on the humble estate. The KJV, for he hath regarded. Right? Showing some regard. You can see some of the inspiration in that verse for Horatio Gates Spafford's famous hymn, It Is Well, right? That Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. So God has Mary in mind. God regards her. The creator of the universe sees her in her humble state. No wonder she has joy. No wonder. Her estate was humble, too, wasn't it? A marginalized, uh, a marginalized um, age. She was so young. Marginalized gender. She was a woman. Marginalized ethnicity, being a Jew in the midst of a Roman world. She was nothing. Nothing. And yet God saw her. No wonder it brought her such great joy. Now, I'm not sure how you feel, but sometimes I think we wonder if God has us in mind. That life might be different if God truly regarded us. This Advent, may you be reminded that God does see you. You might find it hard to believe at times, but it's true. And I think it's important here to remember that joy is not the lack of hardship. And how can God see me if I'm still experiencing hard times? Joy can come in the midst of our chaos. It sure did for Mary. Now, a favorite kid song of mine is, With Jesus in the boat, we can smile at the storm. Yeah, isn't that a fun one? Or you might have learned it as with Christ in the vessel. Yeah, both work. Perhaps maybe it's a little too cliche, too simplistic. And at least I would encourage you, don't just come to somebody sharing a trite adage like that. 
with someone who's going through a real hard time, something that you don't understand especially. This life can be very hard, and you know that. Sometimes the last thing someone needs is a real upbeat Christian just telling them to rejoice. And again, I'll say rejoice as if their suffering is not a reality. Mary's joy does not deny the reality. She admits her humble state and is excited about the change that is coming with the new king. And there's a lot to rejoice about, but there's also much for her to grieve in her humble state. Much that has to change if the promises of Messiah are to be fulfilled. And we know the stories of Jesus calming the seas. And you may have experienced some of those in your own life. Praise God. But as in the story of Horatio Spafford, Jesus didn't always calm the seas. And he didn't calm the seas of the boat carrying his family his four daughters drowning on that trip. His wife sending him a telegram simply stating, saved alone. Two years previous, they had lost their four-year-old son in the great Chicago fire, as well as his business, bankrupt. The hymn that he wrote in response to all of this is, it is well with my soul. But don't get him wrong, It was dark and a depressing experience that continued on. And you can hear it in hints of the text. When sorrows like sea billows roll, he didn't just get over it. If dark hours about me shall roll, and the clouds, looking forward to the time when the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. It was still hard for him and it was hard for him when he wrote the hymn and after but he found hope peace and even joy while he struggled with the grief pain and the depression henry nowen says that joy is hidden in sorrow and sorrow in joy If we try to avoid sorrow at all costs, we may never taste joy. Joy and sorrow are the parents of our spiritual growth. And I am so thankful that the church today is really beginning to realize that God allows us to hold this tension. God holds the tension and invites us into that, especially as we deal with the mental health crisis that has been happening around this world in the midst of the pandemic, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be utterly honest with God. Jesus understands your experience. In fact, Jesus knows it better than you do. Knows exactly what's going on. So you might as well be honest with him. Let him help you right where you are. Jesus sees you and does want to bring joy in the midst of your humble estate, your lowly place, in the midst of your chaos. In Hebrews, later on, we haven't gotten to chapter 12 yet, but in Hebrews 12 too, we see 
the author saying, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And the word here, katafreno, is, is when he says disregard, instead of that regarding, of looking on, he says it's to think little of. So we too can endure the sorrow, not to let it overwhelm us. Not just to deny it, but not to let it get so big to think littler of it. It's possible for us to choose joy, just like Jesus, and not allow ourselves to become victors, victims of the very real feelings, both of, of just a fleeting happiness or of depression. We can find joy in the midst. But there's something else here that brings Mary joy. Now, often that's the part, those verses that we've looked at so far is the part that we look at when we think of Mary's Magnificat, right? But there's something else that brings her incredible joy. Mary's joy in justice. You can look with me again at verses 51 when she starts to talk about all that God is doing. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. And he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. <laughs> who knew that you could magnify the Lord, but proclaim such things? Maybe that's a surprise to you. That these are the great actions of God? This is what God does with his mighty arm? Maybe we should start switching up uh, some of our Christmas carols. Eh? O come, all ye hungry, hark, the rich are sent away. I'm not quite sure how that would go over at some doors. Go scatter all the proud. Joy to the world, down with our rulers. I bet you that one could probably catch on a little bit nowadays. Maybe not in a good way. Just like there was a certain level of peace with Elizabeth as God removed her disgrace, there was a right, a wrong being righted there. God's righteousness and justice, the dikaiosune of God being lived out. Mary sings of the mighty deeds of God, not just for her, but for all the downtrodden, all on hard times. Now, please understand me. Mary's world was filled with injustice, and all of God's people were mistreated in some way. And today, it's much more complex. It's where God's people have done a lot of the mistreating in some ways at times. And as we saw with the minor prophets, sometimes we are the ones that must be humble and rethink how we are living if we are to be in alignment with God's justice and righteousness. Now, there's no doubt in Mary's, there's no doubt in my mind that Mary sees God's actions of justice in the world as a source of joy for her 
And I pray that we could see the same, the same thing, even if it means that it's our pride that must fall at times and our power that must be taken and our pockets that must be affected. And I love this wood, this woodcut art print of Mary stomping on the head of the serpent in joyful triumph. Merry Christmas? Send this one out on your next Merry Christmas card. See what kind of response you get. Can you picture Mary as this teenage revolutionary? This is her song that she sang. It would probably be today with electric guitar and heavy drums, right? This sense of, of righteous anger. And God's ways are rarely easy. And it's no surprise to me that a mom like this, that we see speaking like this with her baby fresh in her womb, that we end up with Jesus speaking from Isaiah in his first sermon about releasing the oppressed, healing the brokenhearted, or that we see Jesus challenging the rich young ruler to empty his pockets and hold on to God's riches, or that he would speak woe to the self-righteous as they denied doing the righteousness of God. When Nehemiah, remember back to the Minor Prophets again, and Nehemiah talked about the joy of the Lord being our strength. We saw then that that joy included righting wrongs and putting things to right. And we can join with Nehemiah, with Mary and with Jesus, joyfully seeing the work of the Lord and joining in on the joy of the Lord, seeing things put to rights. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German pastor and theologian who was put to death by the Nazis, as he was a revolutionary in that situation, he said this about the Magnificat. The Song of Mary is the oldest Advent hymn. It is at once the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary whom we sometimes see in paintings. This song has none of the sweet, nostalgic, or even playful tones of some of our Christmas carols. It is instead a hard, strong, inexorable song about the power of God and the powerlessness of humankind. This song of Mary's has been viewed as so dangerous, actually, by people in power that in some countries, India, Guatemala, Argentina, they've outright banned it to be sung publicly or recited in liturgy. So Mary could have focused on the anxiety that she was feeling, no doubt, her sorrow, or on the joys even that were not yet hers. Yet she found the joy waiting for her in the midst of her chaos and her lived experience. That God saw her and invited her into the kingdom work here on earth. Well, and of course, the ultimate joy is coming for us all, when we see Jesus face to face, amen? But in the meantime, I have a couple questions for you this Advent. What joy have you been waiting for? 
And has that kept you from experiencing the joy that is waiting for you? The joy of the Lord offered to you. Henry Nouwen also says that joy is what makes life worth living. But for many, joy seems hard to find. They complain that their lives are sorrowful and depressing. What then brings the joy we so much desire? Are some people just lucky while others have run out of luck? Strange as it may sound, we can choose joy. Two people can be part of the same event, but one must choose to live it quite differently than the other. One may choose to trust that what happened, painful as it may be, holds a promise. The other may choose to spare and be destroyed by it. What makes us human is precisely this freedom of choice. We've been working on this piece of art the last few years that Grace had produced and it's in her, some of her calendars and we've had it out in the Fellowship Hall at Christmas and people have colored on it. It's lovely. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. Again, from Habakkuk, our minor prophets, I will take joy in God my Savior. Can you choose joy? Can you live honestly, saying maybe you don't feel it, but Lord, help me find where the joy is waiting for me, your joy in the midst of my chaos. And I encourage you to live honestly, no doubt. And I may find that I'm grumpier than usual at times. You may too. But let's keep watching for the moments of joy that come from our Lord, the deeper joy that is waiting for us. Let's pray and then we'll sing our final song together. Jesus, I, I invite you to speak into the hearts of your people at this time here and at home that you would show us, show us your joy in the midst of our chaos. Lord, teach us not to deny our struggle and our feelings, but how to receive the gift of your joy in the midst of it. And then to live that up, joyfully seeing your justice and righteousness being lived out in our world. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, I invite you to open your hands for our closing blessing and benediction. As you go from this service, I pray that you will know the joy of our Lord. And that that joy will be your strength. That you will know that God has regarded you, looks on you, focuses on you in the midst of your humble state, your chaos, and is ready to lift you up and hold you close. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Go enjoy. joy.